The Fulton County Library System presents Shaggy Gal Full Co Library. This is part two of a two part podcast. Sorry, that's really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> well, well let's. Most of it I can't talk about, obviously. For it so, being classified. Uh, yes. Well, let's ask. Well, let me ask you this. How do we get to Dragon Con? So, so then I get married. Uh, Soviet Union collapses, so there's no career potential for me there. I get into IT. I find this job in New Jersey that offers to move me to, uh, move me to Atlanta, Charlotte, or Raleigh. And I choose Atlanta because of my great love for Diet Coke. And um, <laughs> I still remember exactly where I was when I heard the news report that for people who don't like Tab, Diet Coke is coming. It's been announced this morning. So uh, moved here, moved to Marietta because we, my family had a distant cousin who lived in Marietta and we heard it was nice. So uh lived in marietta worked for a long time just doing it stuff and like i said during the 90s i, I did a lot of woodworking built a boat i did some uh you know house normal husband housework stuff raised my kids and uh i didn't even watch science fiction television i would have one show at a time that i would watch and I would call it my goofy show. It was whether it was Hercules or Xena or Forever Night, um, or before that, um, Next Generation. And then um, my friend talked me into watching something called Babylon Five. And I said, "No, I've tried to watch that show. It's just awful." And they go, <laughs> "Give it three episodes. Watch three episodes, and then at the end of three episodes, tell me how you feel." And I did that, and I found out that I loved it, and there was something missing, and I started watching Buffy, and I started watching other genre shows, and uh, but at that time, I also did what I called the read every summer, where I read 14 Isaac Asimov books starting on Memorial Day and ending on Labor Day every summer, um, and it was uh, it, the, everything from Caves of Steel to foundation i believe it's foundation in earth is the last last book in the series have done in a few years but um enjoyed that and uh became a big stargate fan when i discovered stargate so i started watching more and more of these shows and discussing them and talking about quantum leap on the internet which we didn't have an internet before and and going through through this um I had a situa situation, an event where I uh, went to church with my ex-wife, who was my at the time, and we uh, bumped into a friend who I hadn't seen for about ten years, um, hadn't seen her in a long time, and uh, she. We said we're all going to get together. Her husband was there. We were going to go out to dinner, and she said, "Well, I got to go to the doctor. I'm having problems with my hearing and my vision." And uh, so I'm going to the doctor, getting checked out. And she wasn't back at church the next week because this is a new church we haven't gone to before. And um, I bumped into a mutual friend and she said, well, she's in hospice because she went to the doctor and found out she had terminal brain tumor and she has weeks to live. 
And uh, this had been a few weeks, so uh, we visited her in hospice once, and then she passed away, and we never heard. And I just, the idea, um, the idea that somebody who had been at one time so precious to me had gotten away from my life, and and this opportunity was missed, and I started thinking, you know, I should do more stuff I like. And uh, I, I remember sitting at work, I was working late, and I pulled up the Dragon Con website, and I started looking at the guests, and, and I'm like, well, there are so many people that I, I just can't wait to see. And um, so I, I, it was, uh, I believe it was August 6, 2000, and six and i sent an email to my family i said hey i'm thinking of going to this thing but uh you know i i don't necessarily know if you're going to agree to spending money so i found out about volunteering i could volunteer twenty dollar and this is true for everybody right now if you want to go to dragon con volunteer twenty dollar one-time processing fee every year you volunteer for dragon con you get to go for free and you get to see things nobody else gets to see. So I volunteered and got to see things nobody else gets to see. So um, the story I told you guys yesterday, we, we prepped for this. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell again, um, my first uh, my first night ever working at Dragon Con, I went in Thursday night to work the help desk. And... Uh, I had helped like three, four, five people. And I just still don't know where, where the answers are. People are coming up asking where the restrooms are. I have to look at a map. People are asking me where they can find things. And I have to look at the map or the program guide. And uh, Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica, the old one, and Battlestar Galactica, the new one, which I was a huge fan of, comes up and asks where he can get his VIP badge. And I accidentally sent him to the media room instead now this is uh, this becomes ironic because richard hatch actually becomes a friend uh, and i and i'm smart enough to realize that most of the people i work with who are celebrities they come into town they see their fans and that's what they really care about and we're not going to be buddies but richard and i I was, I was part of a documentary he was putting together and we become friends and he came comes to my media party every year but this time I, I was just starstruck. It was the first time I'd ever talked to a celebrity that I could think of uh, in a celebrity situation. And the next morning, I come, show up for my shift, and I'm alone. I don't even have anybody helping me. And there's a um, guy walks up with a crutch and looks at me and goes, I need your help. And he's got a very pleasant uh, mid, mid uh, Middle English accent. And I'm like, yes, sir, how can I help you? And I stand up to look him in the face because I don't want to be staring up from the chair while he's uh, he's standing there hanging onto a, uh, a cane or a crutch. And uh, he, I see that he's David Prowse, which is the body of Darth Vader. Now, I originally saw Star Wars when I was a kid because I was a big Peter Cushing fan and I was a big David Prowse fan before I saw Star Wars. So I knew who he was. He had played Frankenstein in so many movies and done a lot of great British uh, horror movies. And uh, so he could see on the look, my my eyes went big and I, I started to stammer. He goes, yes, 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 uh, I'm David. I'm, I need help. I'm trying to find my friend Peter, Peter Mayhew. Can you help me? And 
I take a breath and I'm like, Darth Vader's just asked me to find Chewbacca. <laughs> I am Landell Calrissian. <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. And, uh, and you know, through working the help desk, I got, I got to talk to some amazing people because, you know, everybody needs help. Uh, I remember one year my daughter was working with me on the help desk before I became a director, and, and I left. And while I was away, my daughter helped Doc Hammer from the Venture Brothers. He's a voice of many characters on the Venture Brothers and also one of the co-writers. He's my biggest crush in the world. Oh, well, I used to say Dragon Con only started when Doc Hammer, when I saw Doc Hammer as I was walking into a hotel. Uh, yeah. So, so what did they talk about? And this is the most typically Dragon Con thing. She helps him to find the, the room he's going to. Uh, he's looking for the film festival. And as he starts to turn, she goes, you're Doc Hammer, right? And she go, he goes, yes, I am. And she goes, well, good on you. I, I just marathoned the Venture Brothers season two again. And he goes, oh, my gosh, I just watched. 24 season two i marathoned it i stayed home the entire weekend ordered pizza they started talking about the about the about the essential nature of this new marathoning technique that had just started because you know this was before streaming so it was new and you know that's the most dragon con thing not to talk about the venture brothers with them but talk about how he experiences entertainment well he's never answered a question directly so I mean, that's the whole thing with when Ian Jackson, public, the other creator of the Venture Brothers, do panels. You could ask them the most direct question. Is it raining? And somehow they would end up talking about like obscure 1940s film starlets or something, you know. And and in this case, she did not ask a question. She just said, good on you. And I don't know why she said good on you to this day. I... Uh, of all the phrases to use, um, but it worked, and and they talked for like he finally had to say, "Look, I I I, I came here because I was going somewhere. Thanks a lot for talking." And then he headed out. But he's also a Central Jersey, strong Central Jersey ties. He's from New York, but uh, he went to school in New Brunswick. He's an interesting character, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, let me ask you some personal questions. I know we yeah. did talk about your earlier years, <laughs> um, Kay. I'm throwing you on the bus. We're doing a little bit of research, and we saw on your Facebook that you have a picture with Alex Trebek. Yes. What is the story behind that? Oh, um, I was married uh, to, the all, at the time, the highest money winner on Jeopardy, uh, Robin Carroll, my ex-wife, uh, who I'm still a big fan of and I'm still friendly with. Um, she and I, uh, she tried out for Jeopardy. She used our Christmas money to send her out to California. And, <laughs> uh, she called up and uh, when she was done, I said, how do you do? And she goes, guess. And I go, well, you won all five games with runaways, which is like the best you could do back then. And she won all five games with the runaways. And as far as we know, she's the only second person ever to do that. Uh, or at the time, because once you won five games, they sent you home and gave you a car. Um, wow. So then I decided I want to be on Jeopardy. I took the test, scored the same as she did. Just want to point that out. <laughs> and um, and we uh, and and we could we could not play Trivial Pursuit with other people because it, it, the truth is she would win two out of every three games, uh, and we played a lot, but. Uh, but we also play three games an hour, and we found out other people 
didn't play as fast as she did. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So um, she didn't need the four questions or the the four answers right. She's just like, oh, I know it. Oh, uh, she well. In order to finish Trivial Pursuit, she had to answer the whole card. Okay. That was because. Wow. Yeah. Right. Well, that was my role for her. <laughs> um, oh, what's that? Five, six questions. Six questions, card? and she could waive the sports question because she. But but anyway, so I couldn't go because she ended up going to something called the uh, Million Dollar Masters and she went to the Jeopardy International Tournament. So they kept rejecting mine because they were afraid if I did as well as she did, which was not likely, to be honest. Um, We would end up competing in a competition against each other and that would be awkward. So, uh, finally, when they decided she wasn't going back anymore, uh, they let me compete. So, I uh, had, in kind of an interesting twist, I had been very strong in our practice. Uh, Nobody, I was beating everybody in our practice games. And I went up for my final game against, or my actual game against a gamer. And he beat me on the buzzer. And the game was so competitive that I my score was 14,900. And I came in third. Wow. It was it, like the winner had 33 and then the second had 27. It was, uh, and those are thousands. Um, it was very competitive. But I got to make a national audience laugh on television so I achieved a major life goal, went out and enjoyed Malibu while I was out in California. Always love Malibu. Here's a plug. Vons on Pacific uh, Coast Highway in, um, in Pacific Palisades. Amazing sandwiches. If you're out there, go to Vons. That's not a plug. That's just, I like it. <laughs> it's just good advice. Yeah. So, Dan, you have lived such an extraordinary life, and you're such a humble person. I can really tell that you're, like, just just a sweetheart, and I love you to death. What is going – like, what do we expect from you in the future? Oh, I, I – I, that's a that's a great question. Uh, you could expect me to go to Dragon Con. Every year yeah. until the end of time. So um, – and 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 that is that is actually a really excellent question because it's one I've been dealing with. I, I've got a podcast idea I'm working on on communications in the workplace um, podcast uh, called Work Lingo. So the website's out there, the Facebook page is out there, the YouTube is out there, but there's no content. Uh, and Work Lingo would would cover everything from how we treat our servers at a restaurant, how we treat our customers at the restaurant up to how we communicate uh, across multi-departments within a large corporation when putting together a significant project, which is what my day job is. I'm an IT project manager. I like that idea. It's really, it's a unique one. And would uh, translating to Russian be a part of this? (laughs) What should be? <laughs> no, I just said maybe. No, it, it would not. But, you know, one topic I'm absolutely uh, obsessed with is uh, because I was raised by immigrants and, and I've had significant friendships with people from, from the Indian subcontinent, from Russia, of course. Uh, and um, I, I, I've got this is this is kind of a like 
for a long time I said if I won the lottery I would get I would I would go back and get my PhD in history focusing on the migrations of immigrants within the United States because I'm fascinated with the idea of being someplace where you didn't start out and and I'm always impressed with people who can come to this country and survive uh, as they learn English and it's difficult to live in another country where you don't speak the language so definitely a lot of a lot of the content would be about how do you work with people whose English is not native level in a respectful way uh, how do you help them to 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 grow linguistically and how do you how do you practice your patience in communicating with them so that right that makes sense because so often we don't realize that we use terminologies and uh, lingo and jargon mm -hmm. that may not be familiar to people of slightly different uh, backgrounds, even if you work in the same place for many years to get together, even if you're both born in America, that your backgrounds dictate the way that you communicate. Sure. I, I, I always think of, uh, and I'm going to get it for no, I'm going to get it wrong. The guy who uh, perfected Gestalt, Fritz something pearl fritz pearl fantastic i almost call him fritz weaver who i think <laughs> was a 1950s actor uh fritz pearl once said a big problem is my monopoly board is not able to talk to your parcheesi set <sighs> okay and when our vocabularies are um i watched i watched a documentary about the making of xanadu and i'm fascinated with this movie because it's awful and i love it um it's very, it's very one of a kind. Too. Oh yeah, yeah no, uh, and uh, the chore choreographer was talking about how he had one shot to talk to Gene, Gene Kelly, um, and Gene Kelly's like, "So kid, what are you going to do? What, what, what type of dancing are you talking about?" And he looks at uh, Gene Kelly and says, "Well, I would use the vocabulary you're used to." And I'm like, "That's fascinating that he talks about movement as being a vocabulary." And, you know, I'm a word guy. Uh, one of the rough things about my job is I am a word guy, so when words are needed, I'm, I'm fine, but I'm not a numbers guy. And there's a, I, have, I know people who are numbers people who can't stand in front of a microphone and talk. So. All right. Well, we're excited to be seeing you for Dragon Con. One more thing. I told, uh, I told Kay this. I said one thing that he also does. Oh, yes. The side job. Santa Claus. Oh, yes. Um, well, in, uh, for those of you who don't know what I look like, I'm bald. <laughs> um, I've got a big fluffy white beard. And in 2016, I found myself unemployed. And I was like, oh, uh, this is rough. I haven't even trimmed my beard in a week. And hey, look at that. That's pretty Santa Claus-like. And uh, so I grew it out. And, uh, you know, uh, to be honest, Santa Claus is a unique skill. You want to you want to um, make sure Santa Claus gets gets treated right. And it's a very lucrative side job. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I've been I, I was I was very blessed. I, you know, I made almost a month's regular salary doing Santa Claus part time. Um, and uh, I've, I've, I've actually cut back on that. So I did in 20, 2016, 2017, I only did it for my office. In 2018, I didn't do it at all. But, um, I, you know, it, as I mentioned, I have mobility issues now. So um, 
But, you know, I definitely consider doing it again. How long does it take to grow the beard to the proper Santa length? Well, I'll show you a picture after we get done. Um, I had grown out what I called my 2016 hipster beard to begin with, because <laughs> I always kept it close shave. You went full beardo. I went full beardo before I grew it out more. Um, basically, I stopped shaving in August, and I was about to trim my beard for my job hunt at the end of October when I realized that I could grow this out of Santa, uh, and I had gigs within a, within 10 days. So, um, so, real quick, Marvel or DC? I'm Marvel. Okay, so with we'll, the exception of cartoons, I'm full DC cartoons. I agree with that one. So let me ask you. So last year, the Avengers—I don't think they concluded. I think for right now, we're on pause, especially with Iron Man, the way things ended with Endgame. Right. So how did you feel be about Avengers. that? Yes, there will always be Avengers. I'm really excited about the Eternals mm -hmm. uh, because apparently the Eternals script is being based on the Neil Gaiman. Eternals okay. so um, and that's one of my favorite graphic novels I, I wasn't around when that was uh, I didn't read it when when it was first published I've read the graphic novel um, and I love it so um, going back to Jack Kirby and I think the other thing I just rumors were flying just yesterday that the Fantastic Four is being introduced with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's joining the Fantastic Four, which he tried to do early on. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty exciting. And, and this live action? This is a live action. I think the last Fantastic Four just kind of like did it in for me. Um, well, I, Michael B. Jordan? I. So if they had announced that Michael B. Jordan was playing Reed Richards... I would have been so excited, but you know this is this is like casting me as an army sergeant. It's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. You know this character is supposed to be carefree and a little little hot headed in a fun way, not in an angry way. Mm -hmm. And man, I I've I've been following Michael B. Jordan from his time in Parenthood and Friday Night Lights, and you know he's just just phenomenal. Uh, but he is not happy-go-lucky by any means. Yeah. And I still think he put in the best performance in any Marvel movie so far. In For Black Killmonger. Panther. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, but also I didn't like Jessica Alba, uh, Chris Evans. Um, you know, there's, 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 it was, just, those were not good. Seeing uh, Chris Evans now as um, Captain America, it's almost like anything else he's done, it just doesn't work. Have you have you seen this new Super Bowl car commercial? No. It's a car. Uh, I won't mention the name of the brand, but it's a brand of car that now parks itself. Okay. So they have Chris Evans, Jim Krasinski, and Rachel Dretch from Saturday Night Live. Um, the three of them are talking in heavy Boston accents about parking a car. <laughs> you got parking. It has auto park. Auto park. What's an auto park? <laughs> Um, it's very different than anything I've ever seen Chris Evans in. I'm going to have to Google that once we're done. Yeah. Anything else today, Rachel? Well, um, you had mentioned a lot of books that you're into, that you're reading, but what are you reading right now? 
Right now, I I went back to Jasper Ford. I I had heard of these books years ago, never read. I just read first one. Uh, Jasper Ford writes books about detectives who end up going into old books to solve mysteries. First one is called The Air Affair. They they get Jane, uh, proper justice for Jane, and rewrite the book. Um, and the, the new one, I haven't even gotten as far um, as where it's going. Uh, I haven't even gotten to the main plot yet. But uh, over the weekend, I started my spring project, even though it's in, in January, because it's War and Peace. I'm, I do a lot of audiobooks, so I'm four and a half hours into a 61-hour War and Peace. So, uh, but I'm not going to be able to mainline that i'm gonna to have to break that up uh most recently i just finished the fourth uh, witcher novel which is the sixth witcher book um always try to listen to uh uh try to listen to uh song of ice and fire once a year the mm-hmm. game of thrones books um and uh, we're supposed to get a new one. And uh, probably the two best books I read this year were Washington and Hamilton by Ron Chernow. Those are Hamilton, of course, became the play. The book is so well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're both narrated by um, by the great uh, voice uh, voice reader, Scott Brick, who I can listen to. I've actually listened to him read a World of Warcraft book. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. And can you tell everybody where they can find out more information about DragonCon? Yeah, www.dragoncon.org. That's www.dragoncon.org. If you're interested in more information about DragonCon Media Relations, that's www.dragoncon.org slash media relations. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fulton County Library Systems. Checking out Full Library.